1: Here's the mail that never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want a whale mail. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. in the pace with Alex and Fauci, Alex and Fauci. Alex and, Alex, and. if I put our jacks in the paint, how you gonna stop me, how you gonna stop me, we can go head to head, call out your top three, call out your top three, look at the switch from Buddy here, now that boy got three, we got Holly Burton run the point, the benedict for the shot if
0: anybody going to come in the post, then we got miles turn for the clock setting the pace going to the top setting the pace going to the top this is your number 1 podcast sweeping airy team we going need a mop to move
1: all right everybody we are back for part 4 of the mailbag we are finally coming to a conclusion here with the mailbag but thank you for your awesome questions we got michael fachi the co-host of this show how you doing, a
2: hey doing good reading mail i've been reading this mail for the past
1: week and you know what I think I only have a couple more letters to go. This is like worse than like sending out thank you letters after graduation and wedding stuff. So, trust me, we're almost there. But Derek, uh, I don't know if it's I don't know when Teacher Appreciation Week is, but we appreciate you,
3: man. So this is yeah, we Appreciation
1: do. Week for Derek uh, joining us for two episodes here on Setting the
3: Pace. Derek, what's up, man? Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, I feel I feel I feel the appreciation. So thank yeah, you. I appreciate you guys for for having me. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we just wanted to throw some different ideas because me and Foch always go back and forth answering these questions. But like I said, it's just fun to have someone else give their opinion. So uh, a major fan of the show was just on last week on one of the mailbags. It's Rooster. Probably should have answered his question then, but we saved it for this one. He said, what percentage do you think there is that the following players are on the roster at the end of next season? So we've got five names. Miles Turner, Jalen Smith. Um, He wrote Dax, but I think he meant Ijax. Yeah. Buddy Heald and Duarte. So we'll start with you first, Derek. Give me a percentage from Miles Turner being on the uh, team at the end of the 2023-2024 season.
3: Oh, percentage for each person. Okay, I took it's, this question differently. Uh, my, I'll, so I'll say how I took it at first. So I took it at first and I said 40% of those guys will still be on the team at the uh, end okay. of the season. So two all out right. of those five I think will make it all the way to the end. And I think the question is between Jalen and Ijax, like which one of those guys ends up sticking. Mm -hmm. Um, Miles, I think, is probably uh, 85% that he'll still be here at the end of next season.
1: Okay. Uh, Flashy
2: Miles, real quick. This was tough. I'm just going to say 65% because when it comes down to Miles, when it comes down to Miles, you just (laughs) never know. So (laughs) I, I could not confidently say 100% me wanted to say 75%. I'll just settle at 65%.
1: alright right. I'll go 99% that Miles is here at the end of next 99. season. 99. Wow. I'm, okay. I'm sorry, but like –
2: He hears a right. rumor.
3: He's just like, no, that's not happening. It's,
1: it's never safe. That's why I
2: couldn't put him <laughs> Never safe. He's
1: never been traded. I mean, my well, goodness. <laughs> I mean, it he's never beat been traded. Every, tr- he he's has. beat every trade rumor that there's ever been. Yeah. I mean, probably the most guy involved in trade rumors since I can remember – and he's last outlasted them all, so I'm not I'm not betting against Miles ever again. I I really thought it was going to be gone a few times, and now it's like just just shock me everybody. Ninety nine percent Miles is here. Jalen Smith, back to you, Derek.
3: Uh fifty. Okay,
2: it's fifty percent for me. And going back to Miles, this is the first time I've ever had him above fifty percent. So it, <laughs> it says that I'm confident that he'll be on on the team uh, before the next season. But Jalen Smith. 50% what we saw this year, I mean, at that point, anything could happen.
1: Is it a team option after the 24 season? Uh, I believe so. And then or is I it a player it, option? Yeah. Uh, it's a uh, team I, option, I thought, for year three, right?
3: I thought it, it was a player.
1: Is it a player? I can't remember. I thought it was crazy that they like he signed for such a small deal. Um, regardless. I think I, that
3: was part of like the intrigue for him for signing it, is that, like he had that extra security in case things like didn't go well. Which Does he had that player option.
1: Which, obviously, I would say they didn't this past season. So I will say there's a 30% chance that he's on the roster. I think it's lower. I think that he's one of the guys that's probably dealt, even though I, I didn't mind him as a backup center. But I just feel like that's a guy the Pacers probably are not um, afraid to move off of, even though they committed to him last year, Faji. And it's indeed a player option after this upcoming season. Okay, so a player option for 24-25. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move to Isaiah Jackson. I think this one's a little bit more intriguing, Derek.
3: Uh, I want, I'm i going 50 here, too. Okay. Uh, maybe 55. I think he's got a better shot. Well, I don't know, because I think he has more value from other teams. I'll, st- I'll stick with 50. 50-50 okay. for both. John. It all
1: depends, right? It all depends.
2: <laughs> I'm going 65%. I, I think the Pacers still believe in him, but I also do think that he has a project. However, he is still young enough that I think that he- – he could be included in a deal as like some filler with one of those, you know, uh, 26, 29th overall picks.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm probably going to go with Derek here. I think 50% feels right because he could be one of your best assets in a trade package, especially if they want to try to, you know, condense the roster a little bit. So to me, I think 50% feels good, but I do feel like we heard Kevin Pritchard talk about Isaiah Jackson at his end of season presser. Don't think I heard him mention Jalen Smith once. So, just feel like you know if Jalen was Jalen was at the top of the, the the topic of the town for KP at the end of the last mm-hmm. uh, 2022 presser the 2023 presser it's like did we even sign this guy last year so uh, that special Pacers pen didn't go very far for him but uh, let's move on to Buddy Heal. Derek what you got
3: oh Buddy I'll go with uh, 35.
2: I'm going 50% because I just feel like they're going to have that serious conversation where if he does not embrace a bench role, then the Pacers might not be able to move forward with him. And I think they would want to do right by him. However, when you factor in that there's still also then the trade deadline before the end of next season, of course, then it probably does lower to uh, 35%, like Derek said, but I'll just stick with 50%.
1: I like it. I'm going to go 25% because it does. I think the part of that you just mentioned is he does he survive the trade deadline and i i think he could be a very in, in interesting piece to move at the trade deadline um but i, I think he can get moving in the offseason depending on who's available so i i like buddy Hill, and i think that Pritchard was very non-committal to him while also explaining how much he loved him it just felt like he was trying to get himself ready for what could be a moving on of buddy because they just they feel like they've got their position solidified there at that two guard so um i feel like it's 25 percent for me but let's finish here chris duarte um, Derek, go ahead and close this one out for us.
3: Uh about 30% for Duarte.
2: 25%. I, I I just feel like he's the guy that we just expect to be thrown in a trade package this offseason. So if he survives that, then yeah, then I, then I do think he has a chance, but not
1: better than a 25% chance for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna really stun you guys here. I'm saying 10% chance 10%. He's on this team <laughs> at the end of next season. I just feel like Man, I, I just don't know how you can bring him back uh, and really like expect him to thrive because the role that he, I felt like he had carved out just been taken away from him. And I feel like they value TJ McConnell so much that's going to put Nimhart in the shooting guard role. They might play Mather and some at the three, but I feel like their job this offseason is to get more threes. They've got Neesmith. They've got Jordan Mora. Um, who else are they going to add to that mix? I think they value Wara more than they do Duarte at this point. So I just feel like Duarte is the odd man Uh, you know, on the outside looking in. And unfortunately, I'm just going to be harsh about it, but I think there's a 10% chance that he's on the roster to end the season. So um, let's move on now to our next question. This one comes from a Joffrey. He said, do you think the Clippers could rebuild after the bad postseason, even though it was mostly due to injuries? Would that make Paul George available? Which we already did talk about Paul George, so we'll get to that shortly. But he also said, do you think he's the right superstar we need? Also, who do you think are the best power forwards the Pacers could pursue besides OG and PJ Washington and ones the Pacers have already shown interest in? Uh, Flauch, you start this one off.
2: This is a loaded question with just just a a lot involved. But look, as I mentioned last episode with Paul George, it would be so cool to have that reunion. It really would. But at age 33, the inability to stay healthy, just one guaranteed year left on his contract and not much promise that he would resign. I just don't think that that's something you want to go down that road. As it relates to power forwards, outside of OG and P.J. Washington, uh look, I mean, in, I've heavily soured on John Collins. I'm just really not interested. Uh, He's also got about $50 million left on that deal. Jeremy Grant, I think, is probably going to have a lot of suitors. Uh, Cam Johnson will be out there. And then also, I, I mentioned last episode, I'm very interested in Obi Toppin. I really am. I don't know what the asking price is, but for a guy like Jonathan Kuminga, it could still be too high. That's someone that I would be interested in, you know, pushing some of those chips in. And then other than that, you got your, your Harrison Barnes, you got your Rui Hachimura, Jalen McDaniels. Those are kind of the names that I think the Pacers could have more of a chance of going after. Derek?
3: Yeah, I'll start with the the power forwards. Uh, I think Harrison Barnes is intriguing for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as like a, a guy that even if they, if they draft, if they end up at eight and they take Cam Whitmore, whoever at that three-four. And then you kind of have Harrison Barnes as like this uh bridge guy before that whoever they take at eight is ready. I think that's a intriguing option for me. His performance in game seven uh isn't exactly like, yeah, let's go get Harrison Barnes, who every time he's in a do or die game, like disappears completely. Mm. Um Jeremy Grant, I have on my list of free agents that would be interesting, but like do you really want to give him as much money as it would take uh, to sign him in free agency? I don't know. Uh, Cam Johnson's a free, a restricted free agent. So that's another challenging thing where like how much do I want to really want to drop like a DeAndre Ayton type offer on him to make the Nets consider not, not matching. Uh, Grant Williams is interesting to me. I really like Grant Williams. Wish they would have taken him instead of Goga but that's another story. Oh, uh,
1: Why do we got to go down that one?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, we got history repeating ourselves with Isaiah uh, Jackson. So, you know, uh, Jalen McDaniels, um, he hasn't done like anything for the Sixers. So maybe his market will be a little lower than I would have thought um, previously. Cause he hasn't really done much since he's gone over there. Uh, and then like, like, bench guys that I kind of like as fours that would be interesting. I have, uh, these are just free agent guys other than, like, the trade offers for, like, Obi that we talked about in the previous episode. Uh, Trey Lyles, Utah, Watanabe, George Niang. Get a little Iowa State best friend action with Tyrese and uh, Pacers reunion for Niang. And uh, Joe Ingles. I like all those guys as potential, like, they, I wouldn't expect them to start but as like a bench piece that would be nice coming off the bench as a three, four type player. Um, as far as Paul George goes uh, great fit, just a little too old and a little would cost too much and uh, just doesn't stay healthy anymore.
1: Yeah. I think we all kind of already answered the Paul George part of it. So uh, Joffrey, if you didn't hear that we were a little bit more in depth on part three, if you want to check that part of the the mailbag out, if you missed it, but yeah, the idea of Paul George is exciting, but it's just a lot of money to give up for. Now, one of the names you guys didn't mention, a couple names, and I, and I threw it out earlier at the trade deadline, but that's Kyle Kuzma. And I'm not saying that I want to give him a ton of money, but is that somebody, if it's the, the right price, because we know Washington could be in a bit of a rebuild mode. Is that somebody that maybe entices either of you guys if the price is right? Because I think he's a, I think he's a pretty solid player. Don't know if he's going to change it that much for you, but he's a free agent. And I don't think there's a lot of great power forward free agents out there that you feel like you could actually get without overpaying for.
2: Yeah, I I just do think that it is going to cost a lot. And I do think that the Wizards are very much prioritizing him, especially when they traded Ruby Hachimura and, and just kind of uh, had every opportunity to trade Kuzma and didn't, which I think was a really bold move for them. So I think they're ready to, to back up that brings truck for him. And I just don't know if that's the guy the Pacers want to spend a lot of money on because I, I think he kind of could get you to the playoffs. But is there a next level after that once you pay Kuzma, you pay Tyrese, and then that's kind of what you're looking at as you have Miles already, you know, under under contract and the young players that will need a deal in, in a couple of years? Eric?
3: Yeah, I think I think the Wizards are probably going to drop a giant bag on him. Um, I don't hate Kuzma. I think it would be fine but he's not like a, I'm not overly excited. Yeah.
1: I mean, I I think Kuzma played pretty well with the Lakers. I mean, I understand that it's easy to play well with LeBron, obviously, but I feel like there's games where you're just like, okay, this guy's annoying. He shoots too much. Like he'll get 27 points, but it's on 27 shots. So I get that as a high volume shooter, that kind of thing. But I think this, I think the fit could make some sense. I'm not like sold on it completely, but, You know, I wouldn't be like, oh, I hate this. This is the worst idea ever. But it does seem like a very pacery move to me because it's right there in the middle. Um, And then another name, someone I really liked in the playoffs, and I kind of hinted about it on Twitter, going after him potentially. Trey Lyles. I really like what I saw from him with the Kings. And we see this all the time. Guys have good playoff runs, and they end up getting paid in the offseason. And sometimes it works out, and sometimes it doesn't. But I know that he said that he would like to go back to Sacramento, and I think that they'll probably try to make that happen if they can. But uh, I, I think Trey Lyles, I don't know if he's a starting power for at all. I think he's more of a bench guy. But I love the ability to go small with him at the five. And he's much better shooter than Jalen Smith or Isaiah Jackson. So to me, that is one name that I'm, I'm also keeping an eye on as like a as a small role. I think you guys cover pretty much everybody else in terms of free agents. But uh, I would be happy with either King, Harrison, Barnard, Trey Lyles, even potentially both if you are looking to add some players. And uh, any thoughts, Derek, on, on Trey Lyles?
3: Yes, I I had him on my on my list. I like Trey Lyles as well. He was actually like the um, when the Pacers took Miles Turner, like that was the rumored guy that they were debating between was him and Trey Lyles. That's right. That's
2: right. I I definitely remember that, and I'm very happy we went Turner. But look, Trey Lyles, I I think has had moments lately. I think it took him a while to really come on to the scene. And I think that he showed in the playoffs, he he had moments. I mean, what it was against Golden State in game one, I mean, 16 points on six of eight shooting, six boards. So I think that's someone who he did mention. I think it was, quote, 100% wants to return to the Kings. I don't yeah. blame him because I feel like they got something they're building over there. But that's a player that if he did go to the Pacers, you know, hey, I wouldn't be mad, but it doesn't fix our problem at the four.
1: No, and like I said, it's not one that's going to be a starter. It's an off the bench kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And I think that money talks. I'm sure that he would love to go back to the Kings, yeah. <laughs> but money does talk. The Pacers offer him more than the Kings offer him. He's from Indiana. Doesn't make sense to go home. And he gets to play with Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, I don't think that he'd be upset about that. But I do like that he's a little bit sneaky athletic because there's been some plays this year throughout the regular season where Trey was just like yammed on people. And I'm like, I did not know he could do that. Like, he doesn't seem like that guy, but he'll just try to dunk on people sometimes. So that's one thing I like about him. But uh, let's move on. We've got two two and a half questions left so uh this one comes from fester 35 he said do you see a scenario where carlisle starts halliburton nemhart and matherin together i know it'd be a smaller lineup but i think replacing healed with matherin and a new power forward would likely make us better defensively i'll start with you first there.
3: um yeah i definitely think that's a possible scenario uh maybe even like a probable one depending on what all they're able to do um i think the biggest thing. I think, I'm sure Pritchard is focused on is solidifying finding somebody that's a legitimate starting four because they can't keep starting four really guards like yeah. they did this year for most of the season. Um, and like, War is nice. He's a nice player. Probably don't want to start him all the time. Neesmith's <laughs> a nice player. Don't probably don't want to start him. And like, maybe as the fifth option as, as the, as the three. So, yeah, I think that's a, definitely a possibility. Um, um, Yeah. There's no reason to think that that's not, uh, there's no chance of that or or anything for sure.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's a scenario. I mean, I think the Matherin starting lineup, you know, is already upon us. We saw it at the end of the year. Uh, I do think that obviously, you know, Tyrese is is slated in there and then Nemhard is going to start games. He will start games, and I don't think we see Matherin really going back to the bench. I think that we saw him do that at times, but for the last nine games, maybe, he was in the starting lineup, but he was on the bench, and I think that that kind of ushered in that era of, like, okay, you would like to imagine Matherin's in that starting lineup alongside Tyrese Halliburton moving forward. I do think that Nemhard most definitely has not, you know, started his last game. I think there will be plenty more starts. So I think we will see that lineup. Anything mm-hmm. could change based on what the Pacers do, but I do think that we will see those three in the starting lineup more than once for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, nothing really to add to this. It just makes a lot of sense. I mean, Neesmith to me, I mean, Kevin Pritchard even said, is he a starter or is he a bench guy? It did. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he called him a French starter or whatever he said in his press conference, it just made me realize like, okay, they really like what they have with Neesmith, but they realize that, what they have is not you know long lasting it's it's something that was a temporary thing so that is that but uh Focci, i i want to say i'm trying to see here how many games matherin started towards the end i want to say it's like the last 12 potentially but i could be wrong was it the
2: last 12 yeah i don't know if it
1: was the last 9
2: or not um just cuz i know he was hurt but either way um yeah not sure at the moment
1: Yeah, i think it was the last 12 whenever he came back against charlotte he started and never went out of the starting lineup but that's because i think there was injuries and other stuff like that but mm-hmm. um but for sure i, I think that we're going to see we're going to see changes to this roster but i do think that you're probably still going to see your core four in the starting lineup tyrese andrew benedict and miles i would be shocked if we see one of them come off the bench specifically andrew uh, so that's that's kind of where i'm at with that but let's go on here now fachi to our last question and this is a two-parter we'll start with the last part first just because i thought it was great Lottie long longtime listener, said, it's my first mailbag in months. So you guys can pick whichever question you want to answer. Well, we're going to answer them both. He said, the question is for Fachi. The Pacers were in game seven of the finals, and you got a free ticket front row. And I'll even sweeten the deal with locker room access. Would you still attend the game with the Fauci curse active? You know, look, for those
2: of you that are not aware, you know, I think the Pacers have lost, I don't know, maybe the last five or six games I've attended. They lost all four this year with me in the building. But I don't want to say it's a tough question. I just want to say I don't want the fate of all Pacer fans in my hands on what could be maybe the greatest night of my life or our lives as the Pacers are looking to win it all. Just because if they did lose, I could just see Alex breaking out his phone, hopping on Twitter and saying, the Foxy curse strikes again. And for me, that, that's a lot of blame to have. But I always told myself that the boys made a run. I'll run to the finals. There's no scenario that I would not be there. If you're throwing in locker room access and good seats, I'm sorry, guys, but I'm coming in the building.
1: Derek, I know this wasn't for me or you, but I'm curious. Would you be mad at Fachi if you went even though it meant we were going to lose Game 7?
3: No, no, I would not. <laughs> I would not Thank be you. mad at him. Uh, I would be mad at uh, his co-host for tweeting. <laughs> the, yeah. Uh, the I sure mean, it's like, <laughs>
1: hey,
3: even if I didn't tweet what it, I think, I think people well, know. I
1: think people know though, by this point, it's not even, I mean, even Chad <laughs> Buchanan said something to you about it. He said, you got to quit coming to games. <laughs> Every time you I come, mean, we yeah. lose. <laughs> I know, but I looked at him and I knew, hey, how bad of a, how bad of a pick that you want. I mean, you want women,
2: or not. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's where we're at. So it's like, I maybe mean, slip some tickets my way, but, Man, I mean, Alex has really made sure that if I'm in the building, the, the pressure is on that if we don't get a win, this curse is going to take on a, a bigger name than it ever should, and that's where we're still at this day, trying to break the curse.
1: Hey, we, we could even maybe put it on me for the Alex curse, because I was in Milwaukee when the when the Pacers beat the Bucks, and I was at the game against OKC when they beat OKC wow. against the TG McConnell, and those are games I was expecting us to lose, so you know maybe it's my fault i don't know but i would say this if it was me Fachi, and i knew that if i did not attend the game and it would cause co- and it would make us win the championship i'm sorry i would i would give up my <laughs> courtside seats and my locker room access to know that i got to see the pacers win
3: a championship i would see, watch it that's, that's that's not selfish that's smart that's not the question though cuz the there's no guarantee that they there don't no win guarantee. every game that he doesn't go to that's very true. Derek's When's the last, last time. time
1: they won? When's the last time they won? When's the last time they won a game. Was in the
2: building. I didn't mean
1: a game. No, no, no. When, when Focci was in the building. When's the last oh, yeah, time? I won? Mean, uh, yeah,
2: yeah. It, it's been a while, but um, <laughs> no, it, it most definitely has. Uh, and, and Derek to to have the curse take on another level. I was in the building when Tyrese went down against the Knicks in the season. Oh, see,
1: and see, this yeah. is not what we so were. It, uh, it, uh, look.
2: I, I'm an honest all right, I'm guy. Changing- so I'm- <laughs> i'm just gonna lay it out there it was like the the curse was striking on numerous times so it's just that the season went down that day but at the same point derek had a great loophole there is no guarantee that we win so if i stayed home and we lost you don't get over that you, yeah you it's don't. fair
1: i like that derek's playing down the middle here i appreciate that <laughs> um but yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I would probably just stay home because I would not want that grief on me. Because if we won, my goodness, I think mean, that would be insane. Uh, anyway, let's move on to Lottie Dottie's last question here. We'll uh, we'll wrap up the podcast with this, and this one could be kind of long, but uh, I don't want to make it super lengthy. But he said, "Can you guys play GM and give us some of the moves you would make over the summer and what your team is going to look like opening night?" So this is a lot. This is a loaded question. We could probably do this one as like a separate episode type of thing. But let's just kind of answer this real quickly, like. Maybe just give me one movie you like to see the Pacers make in the offseason, but we can't all say the same thing. So, Derek, since you're our guest, I'll let you pick the first movie you'd like to see us make.
3: Well, you see, uh, we're going to start the season with uh, Giannis and <laughs> Embiid. and no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> really? I'm, that, I'm that good as a GM. No, um, I have no idea, to be honest. That's why I'm going to – if I – if I can, they're hard to write, but if I can write another one of those choose your own adventure things, like that's what's fun about those for me is just kind of coming up with all of those different scenarios and seeing where you can end up. Um, so, uh, my goal will be to eventually give you the opportunity to make all those choices and see, see how it works out for you this off season. Um, I talked about Obi and I like that as a potential kind of fringe move. I would be down with trying to get OG and an OB. Um, sorry, I'm taking up more more names, so I'll let you guys s- say some things.
1: <laughs> Bocci? Yeah, I
2: mean, I'm just going to say, because, look, we could probably make a full episode out of this. So my long story short is, you know, the Pacers used their first first round pick on a stud, you know, hopefully. Who'd they take him? Hopefully, I mean, if you're if you're picking, like, seventh, I don't know if Walker Walker's going to be, be there. It'd be great if he was, but if not, we're pivoting. Cam Whitmore, Taylor Hendricks, hopefully. Those three, out of those three, someone's gotta be there. So we do that. 26, 29, whatever second round picks, you package those, you try and move up, or you trade those picks and a Chris Duarte or so for a more established veteran player to try and win right now. And then the last thing I would just throw in there, you trade Daniel Tice for anything you can get just to get that just to get that roster spot open because it's just like, look, you know you're gonna want to have have a veteran on the team but like tice isn't going to be that vet so you don't want to have a veteran holding down a spot maybe not playing and then tice also holding down a spot and not playing so you see if you could just get him out there
1: for whatever all right here's my one move that i'm going to throw out here and you guys can laugh at me all you want i I'm, I'm fine with it we're trading duarte and we're trading one of our 26 or 29 picks and we're trading it to the nets and we're going for dorian finney smith Uh, I think that Dorian Finney-Smith did not look the same like he did in Dallas when he went to the Nets. They've already got a lot of wings. He's probably best coming off the bench with how their roster is looking to shape out if they bring Cam Johnson back, and they've already got uh, Mikael Bridges. So he's in his 30s. He played for Carlisle. He looks great having a heliocentric point guard in Tyrese Halliburton. I think think he's got $13 million for the next couple of years, so it's a pretty cost-effective contract as well. You get him on the roster, playing the four, next to Miles at the five, you still kind of keep your identity of trying to be this you know, pace and space, spread the floor, got shooters at all positions type of thing. And I think that defensively he's a much bigger upgrade being able to guard fours than Aaron Neesmith. So that's the low-key move I'd like to see. I don't think it costs too much. Maybe you have to give up 26 and 29 plus Duarte. But I think that I would consider that just because I think Dorian Finney-Smith could help this team that much, Derek. Do you hate that idea or do you like
3: it? I like it. Sign me up for DraftKings because I'm on board for DFS.
2: Let's do it. <laughs> I, I, definitely like some, <laughs> no, I definitely like me some. No, definitely like me some Finny Smith as well. If we could get the deal done for Duarte in 26, sign me up right now. You got to throw in 29 as well. That's when I start to, to ponder it because it's like the contract's good. They'll definitely help out defensively. Is
1: he worth two first round picks and basically us punting on Duarte? That's where it gets a little like, mm. yeah. I, I don't think they won both picks. They've already got 21 and 22, I believe. So they're not yeah. going to really be wanting a bunch of first round picks in this draft, especially. So maybe you put like a lottery protected or like a top 20 protected pick for 2024, 2025, whatever. I know it's kind of crazy to think about that now, but something like that. Or even if you did 32 and Duarte and something else, I don't know. I'm just saying, I don't know what kind of picks they're looking for, but. I just think if you can go after DFS, whatever it costs, I obviously that matters. But if it's a fair price, I, I think you have to do that. I just think he makes a lot of sense on this Pacers team. And I think uh he's he would fit the four and it'd probably be a much better, uh cheaper option. I, not better option, cheaper option than OG and a an nobi. That's what happens when you're tired. Your words kind of all come together. But I think he's a cheaper option than OG. And then, you know, whatever happens, happens. I just I feel like he would fit this team pretty well, Flatch.
2: No, I really think he would. And I think that when you're talking about needing an upgrade, it's like not every upgrade is a superstar. Sometimes you bring in a player that we saw, like Neesmith did a lot of the dirty work for us. I feel like you have Neesmith, you have Finney Smith, you got an Emhard. Now you're starting to create more players that can defend, and
1: hopefully that becomes a bit more contagious. Absolutely. Well, I just want to give you guys an update. The New York Knicks went 111-105 to 105 against the Miami Heat as we're recording this. Obi Toppin did not see the floor once again after we last said that, so he only played 10 minutes in this game. So, stock, keep on coming down uh, for Obi Toppin. We want that, but Fachi, go ahead and tell the people where they can find us out on social media as we wrap up the mailbag. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. You can find Alex on Twitter at Alex Golden
2: NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at PacersTalk. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And
1: Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, go to youtube.com slash Setting the Pace, a Pacers podcast. And of course, subscribe to the Substack and go over to iPacers uh, blog on Twitter. And make sure you guys check out Derek's work at iPacers.com. Derek, once again, thank you so much for joining us. But Fachi. if you're hoping the Pacers make at least somewhat of a move in the offseason, for a trade for a player to get us better, then hit me with those three words. Let's go,
0: Pacers! Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team, we gon' need a mop. Smooth, <laughs>